0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everybody. Uh, It is Monday evening. Time for American Winer on podcastdetroit.com. This feels extraordinarily strange because I am doing this from my bedroom at my apartment through Zoom. Uh, I've been off uh, since the middle of March and uh i i really wanted to give this zoom thing a try dave phillips uh offered this to me right after it uh started a lot of people uh have been taking advantage of it so i was like i might as well give this a try um so thanks for uh thanks for coming back it's i'm glad to be doing this again um get out it's good to get your mind off of uh, everything that's going on and um and uh it's good to be here so my guest tonight uh is mr troy thomas from the band primitive state joining us from uh arizona i believe uh yep. troy how you doing
1: i'm doing pretty good all things considering
0: yeah yeah how, how how are you doing i have a friend who lives in arizona and she says that it's uh you know it's not as bad as michigan there but you guys are are dealing with it so how, how how's your life been
1: uh it's been all right. I mean, like I pretty much only go to the store, like if I need to leave the house and that's, that's pretty much been the only thing I've done. I did go to my same. sister yesterday, but that was, I know that they've been quarantined in their house forever. So I'm like, okay, there's no risk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they don't have it. Yeah. this I, The same thing with my parents. I go over to my
1: parents' house and they haven't been anywhere. So,
0: yeah, you know, I'm like, you know, I just don't hug them or right. get too close to them. But uh, <laughs> as long as we're keeping the six feet, it's like, I think we're okay here. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, you're the front man for uh, the uh, garage rock outfit, Primitive State. Um, yep. You guys actually just released a single, I want to say, like a, a couple days ago or, or very, very recently. Yeah. Um, you got a second album coming up. You've already got one album out that you put out last uh, last year. And yeah. uh, we'll talk about all that. But uh, my first question that I usually start with is uh, where were you born?
1: Uh, I was born in Wisconsin. And then I moved from there when I was six. And we moved to Arizona, and I've been here ever since. So I've basically been raised in Phoenix.
0: Where in Wisconsin were you? My dad's family's from Wisconsin.
1: Oh, uh, I was at Wisconsin Rapids.
0: Oh, was that Green Bay, Milwaukee, Madison? Was that at? That's
1: a good question. I, I think I was too. <laughs> young. I was too young to even like know. Uh, there were streets.
0: Well, yeah. If you took off when you were six, I guess you can you you consider yourself from Arizona, like you lived in Arizona. Yeah, pretty much. Wife. Yeah. 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 I,
1: still so, have like that. I still have that like pride, though. Where I'm like, it's not that cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got
0: enough. You got what was it? You know, five to six winters in, so you you have some experience.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I did get pneumonia once there, so I feel like. I, oh I re- man.
0: Yeah, you can brag then if you got pneumonia. But, you know, <laughs> I had pneumonia when I was five, and that's almost a rite of passage, you know. Yeah. Oh, up
1: here. yeah.
0: <laughs> um so uh so tell me about your childhood then. Like what were you into after you moved to, to Arizona? Like what did you spend your time doing when you weren't at school?
1: Um Well, I didn't really I I guess like up until middle school, it was just video games and stuff. But when I hit middle school, I was friends with this guy named Joe, and he had just started and I had been friends with Joe for years. But in middle school, he started playing bass and he was like a prodigy, like right out the gate. Like he was insane for some reason, like within his first year of playing. And he was just like, man, you know, you know, we're really good friends. You should start playing an instrument. I was like, all right, whatever. And so I picked up guitar and I had this thing because Joe was kind of a I'm not sure if you heard that.
0: Yeah,
1: that was just my dumb phone. In fact, one second, I'm going to turn something off.
0: Somebody, uh, somebody uh, trying to call you.
1: That one's just yeah, probably just an email or something. Uh, I, just, I, I silenced it. Um, anyway,
0: you were saying so Joe is a prodigy on so, bass, your friend.
1: Yeah, he was just uh, he he kind of had like a cocky nature about him. So I was one of those, I was just like, okay, I got to get better at Joe on something.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: like just practice guitar like all the time. I still never like reached like his skill level, but that was pretty much what drove me to like constantly practice at first.
0: Uh, so it was—it was, it was uh, spite then. That's always a great motivator. Is always like, I have to get better at this than somebody else. Hello, uh, you still there?
1: Oh. hello. Sorry, guys. One second. Okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> uh, you back? Are we back? Can you hear Audio me? Went
1: dead for a second.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, so, so you did music then? That was pretty much how you spent your time, and that was pretty early then. If you've It was in uh, middle uh,
1: school, Starting like middle school. And then when I got into high school, I was still doing music and I was playing guitar all the time. I didn't really start writing my own songs until I was 23. Um, But then in high school, a lot of it was, uh, I was doing theater. I was an actor, stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, So what kind of a student were you? Uh, I wasn't great. Like uh, it was, it would, it would depend on like what the classes were. Like I was either, I was like an A, B, C or D student. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Never uh, failed, uh, Until yeah. college. Now I was failing, but uh,
0: what about uh, your parents? what did your parents do for a living?
1: Uh, my mom was an all state insurance agent before she retired. And my dad um, did commercial real estate and he was like on the road a lot.
0: Okay. And so, uh, you first got into music in uh, in middle school. Why guitar? Like, if you're trying to beat a guy at bass, like, why not pick up the bass? Like why did you decide? <laughs> so it was one of those things where he guitar?
1: Just, like, also play with uh, musicians. So I was like, okay, I'll play guitar, and we'll have like little band practices and stuff like that. Um, so that's pretty much the only reason. And plus, I always thought guitar was cool.
0: Right, right. Did you listen to a lot of music at that point, or were you still kind of finding I was musical like,
1: identity? Uh, I want to say in starting like in fifth or sixth grade. Um I'm trying to remember what album it was. Oh, No Effects is Punk and Drublick. Like <laughs> I got of, my brother had that and I stole the CD from him because the cover looked cool. And I put it on. I was like, I didn't know music could do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that kind of set me off on like a whole punk thing. And then I started listening to real big fish a lot which is a ska punk band and like they had an album called why do they rock so hard? And that thing still blows me away. But, um, yeah, I was real heavy into punk and I think like listening to punk all the time, I think that kind of developed like a, like fuck authority sort of thing, like very early on uh, in my life. And now it's more civil in my adult life, but it's still kind of there. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, so it's it's uh, the, what's nice about punk too is that especially for somebody at that age,
1: you yeah. listen
0: to it and you're like, oh man, I could play this. But like, yeah, this absolutely. isn't this isn't that hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like the first songs I was always playing on guitar was like Green Day songs or No Effects or um, Bad Religion stuff like that. That was another album that like really was a pinnacle of my childhood was uh, Process of Belief by Bad Religion. That thing like transformed me too.
0: Yeah, so that's that's three major uh, major pillars of the punk community there yeah. with real big fish and who is they're kind of the Scott Punk band too. Yeah, you know? yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And then you
0: got No Effects and Bad Religion. Um, yeah. So, uh, so did you start a band then with Joe, or or what happened with that? Uh, we
1: just kind of would we didn't really start a band, but we did like play music together for a little bit, and then we kind of diverged. Like once we hit high school. And then at that point it was just kind of like instead of it being a competition thing, I was just like, Well, I'm bored at my house all the time and there's a guitar, so let's just play. And then that just became like a thing where anytime I was bored, I'd pick up the guitar and then like I was bored all the time. So (laughs) I just got really (laughs) guitar.
0: Well, so you said you didn't start writing your own songs till you were twenty-three though. So so what were you playing? Were you just doing covers?
1: Uh yeah, doing covers and like mostly just like kind of improv stuff. stuff. Uh, I didn't really start writing my own songs until I was 23. Cause like my dad had passed away that March. It was a uh, March in 2012. And um, it was like, a, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm poor. I can't go to therapy. So what do I do? And so I just started, and I was, and I had always been writing poetry in my life, things like that, writing stories. And uh so then that, I was just like, okay, I'll start writing songs. And so then at first it was just kind of like me writing songs that were just dealing with the feelings I was going through uh, with my dad passing. And then that, then it just became like an addiction. Then I was just writing a song. I was literally like the first two years I was writing a song a day.
0: <laughs> wow. Do you remember yeah. the very first song you wrote?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was called um, Not Getting Better.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's that sums it up right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did that help you then? Did you notice that the it was it was a good therapy replacement?
1: It was, yeah. Cause it was just like I could vent anything. Like anything I want to talk about, um, I could just kind of put it within the framework of a song. And yeah, that helped a lot.
0: So what did you do with those songs then? Were you Had you been playing in bands then, or were you still just kind of jamming around on your own? Or?
1: <laughs> uh, so literally that summer, I was like, well, I keep writing songs. I need to do something with this. So I started a band uh, with my buddy Alex on drums, and he had some friends who like would fill in on certain instruments until we had permanent bandmates. And after our very first practice, I went to a house party, and I had my amp. And like my favorite guitar at the time in the back seat, and I'm so hung over the next morning. And I walk to my car, I get in, I'm like, oh god, I'm groggy. And I look in my rearview mirror and I see shattered glass.
0: Oh shit.
1: <laughs> Fuck and amp are gone. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't play music.
0: Yeah, maybe this is the message from the universe. <laughs> yeah. So so what happened?
1: Uh, so after that, I just continued writing songs. I, I, well, I didn't even call the police about it. I don't know why I should have. I should have had them look into like at least trying to find it. Yeah. Um, but after that, I just was still playing good songs on my acoustic, and I wrote everything from that point on on like uh, this one acoustic guitar I still have and write songs on. Um, and that's pretty much uh, that story.
0: <laughs> but so. So that's, that's really prolific though. For two years, you, you said you were writing a song a day. Yeah. So when you came out and you said you'd kind of formed a band with some people, but then your shit got stolen.
1: So, yeah. I mean,
0: how did you pick yourself up from that? Cause obviously you're, you've been doing it for a couple of years now. Yeah. And uh, so just tell us what happened. Tell us, uh, well, how you pulled yourself. I, out of I've that. still
1: been writing songs like solo and then I, all I would do is like post videos on Facebook and on YouTube and stuff like that. And, um, Uh, oh, then, so I, when I was in, I would, I was in a, I was in audio engineering uh, school at uh, Glendale Community College and, Mm -hmm. um, I met my friend Frank and he was a drummer and we were always recording bands and stuff. And I was like, we we should get together and just take some songs that I've written and kind of get like a, a whole band feel around them. And he was like, okay, so we did that. And, um, I met this guy named Josh Medina who runs a studio called old hat analog. And, uh, so we played, uh, we recorded like a really not great EP with him. And, um, a couple years after that, cause we hadn't really done anything after that. I, I had got cast as Nightwing in a DC animated show and, that kind of went away like during pre-production. So, but during the process of that, I was like, I don't think I'm going to have time for music. I was talking to Frank and I was like, I think I'm just going to, we're just going to kind of call it quits here. And then that fell through. Frank had already sold his drum kit. And I was like, okay. And so about a year later, uh, Josh messaged me. And he was like, cause I keep, I kept posting songs and he kept like listening to them and stuff. And he was like, Hey, come by the warehouse studio I'm working at and uh, we'll jam or something. And I was like, okay. So I went over there and uh, he was just like, dude, like, I'll just make you an album. And I was like, okay. So but I don't have money. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to make you an album. And I was like, oh, okay. So basically, Frank Star Rock Zappa was done for free uh outside of like paying for mastering and songs and stuff. Uh and the way we went about that is I would come in with like bare bones. It would be like me, lyrics, acoustic guitar. And then we would we have like a bunch of musician friends who are super talented who are like fast with writing, like on the fly. And we would invite them in and uh we would essentially take whatever i had bare bones on guitar and then we would craft a song like during studio time so we had like no idea like what anything we were doing was going to sound like at the end of the day and it was huh. like an exciting recording process
0: yeah that's i would not have guessed that you guys sound like you were a cohesive whole it wasn't it doesn't sound like an album that was written on the fly it sounds oh, like man. you wrote the songs they wrote their parts and you rehearsed it and then yeah. we and recorded it yeah so that's like that's a good thing that's a compliment
1: Oh no, thank you. And like, yeah, those guys like it, it wouldn't have turned out uh, the way it did without Andy Gonzalez on guitar, Dylan Welker on guitar, uh, or Josh. Like Josh, really, uh, when it comes to the, these two Primitive State albums, he's a large reason as to why it sounds the way it does. He he's a uh, he's kind of the mastermind behind it a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's uh, fr- considering it's freaking free too. Yeah. I mean, their albums. Like, I, I, I once spent a ton of money on an album that I fucking hate now. So there's it, the fact that this this sounds so good. I mean, this this type of music sounds like it would be right at home with that garage rock boom at the beginning wow. of the millennium. You know, like, the it's I hear early Kings of Leon in there. I hear the Strokes. I hear the White Stripes. I hear the Pixies. Um, wow. So it's it really, sometimes that's the best possible way to do it, too, is just to kind of let it be born the way it needs to be born yeah. and not be too, um, not be too anal about, about the process because that's how you get something nice and organic, which is this album sounds really organic and very scrappy and it's, you know, it's got soul to it. So, like um, it. so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's awesome though that, 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 that's how it came about. Um, yeah. yeah
1: no, and Josh, that, Josh is the best Josh. Uh... I owe him everything really like the, without, had I not, had he not, you know, done Frank star rock Zappa, I don't think I would have ever recorded an album in the studio.
0: Oh yeah. Well, that's what, what about the music appealed to him? Did he ever talk to you about that? Like, why did he say, I'm going to spend my time on this and not charge the guy anything except for
1: essentials? He just, he always liked me. And it was also like, uh, he just always saw commercial appeal in my music. So he was like, let's just, uh, I'll do it, and we'll figure out. He was like, if you do want to pay me at some point in the future, we'll wait and see if anything comes about with anything, you know, with the music. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, these guys are still doing it, though, because he just recorded another album, and he put yeah. out a
1: single, and so tell us
0: about that. that <laughs> <And> you what?
1: <laughs> I do owe him money for that one, but uh, he oh, said okay. I can pay him like, later, so I'm cool with
0: that. Good deal. Well, tell yeah. us about, it's called David Bowtie. So tell us yeah. about, because this is, you know, you've been, you know, prolific. That's one album a year for the past two years. So tell yeah. us about how you continued working with him.
1: Um, I think, so I, I've kind of had, I kind of have this understanding in a way, like, and it's something that Josh didn't really think about it in these terms, but I, I have since the first album. In my opinion, if I'm going to make a Primitive State album, it's going to be with Josh no matter what. Because I think I think that we, I want to have like a consistent sound, and I think that he's going to have uh, a good hand in that. Even if it's not even like tonally consistent, I, I kind of want there to be a stamp where it's like, okay, this is definitely Primitive State. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, wh- I got to ask, why the name Primitive State? Where did that come from?
1: Um, I guess it's a few things. Like I, I think I'm not, I'm not the biggest believer in uh trust of government um so it kind of comes from that um and i also just like the way it sounded because it could it could be taken a number of ways it could be taken uh there's like a distrust with politicians and like the way the states run it could also be taken as like people are getting dumber um things like that
0: so it's multiple because i took it as like primitive state like the actual term like like a an organism that's in its primitive state because the music is so is so uh raw and so uh you know in terms of its structure you know kind of basic yeah. uh so that's that's what i thought it meant but it's it's actually like you literally mean like the state itself is primitive yeah and yeah the people that make up the state
1: but also the like what you're saying too also works like uh i kind of i wanted it to be that because it may be taken in different ways josh hated the name at first Uh, (laughs) uh, but But he's come around he's come around to it he's like all right whatever it's primitive state
0: this is that's i I think that's a great name uh well but i another question i i wanted to ask is what's up with the gun motif because every single the singles that you put out and i see you just posted on facebook that they wouldn't let you run an ad for the new single because it's got a gun on it
1: it's certain. yeah that was weird um so so where did that come from uh i don't know like uh, oh you're talking about the gun motif um yeah uh, it's so with the first album uh it's for those who don't know it's florida the state uh and it's in the shape of a gun well it's just it's given a trigger and things and uh and um so the reason why i did that is because i've always had this like i don't really like florida sorry floridians but um (laughs) I always, like, considered Florida, like, the gun of America, like, the one that, like, is always on fire, ready to shoot from the hip, like, that sort of thing. So that's why I uh, decided to have that be the album cover for the first album. Um, And for Have You Seen the Winter, when I listen to the song, it's, I just always kind of got, like, a Western kind of revenge feel from it. So that's why I chose like the gun motif for that. We're probably not going to have too much of that on like future covers. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. Did you know the reason Florida seems so crazy is it's not because it's crazier than the rest of the the country. It's just there. It has something to do with their police report laws. Like they don't have their privacy is not as stringent as the rest of the country. So uh, most pit places have crazy shit happening. It's just yeah. that the the news the media can't go in and report based on the police reports uh as as uh as open as as it is in florida so because i always wondered that too it's like well, what the fuck is going on with
1: florida yeah, why, why is, is everyone so insane in florida <laughs> yeah. yeah it's always the florida
0: man meme and all that and that's yeah. why it's it's got their their privacy is not as stringent when it comes to police reports uh, as it is around the rest of the country um so yeah what's the next question i got written down here uh so you kind of already talked about this a little bit, but uh, who who would you consider your influences? Besides, we'll say, besides No Facts and Bad Religion and punk like that, as you've grown up, you know, I mean, who else have you been listening to?
1: Oh, um, White Stripes, The Doors, Led Zeppelin, um, Dead Weather. Uh, Beck is a big one. Um, the Beatles, Rolling Stones um yeah there's so many there's so many
0: no. yeah it sounds like you run you kind of run the whole gambit there the whole yeah. the whole history of of, of of rock music what do you think about the fact that it's no longer i mean you know the i don't know how old you are i assume you're probably in your in your late 20s um, yeah I'm 30 but,
1: but yeah for sure.
0: Uh, there you go um so you're a millennial But like the millennials never, all our pop stars and rock stars are, we don't have a Nirvana, you know, we never had, we never even really had a White Stripes. Um, So rock is no longer, it's, people are saying, you know, in terms of mainstream, it's, it's almost like jazz now where like how jazz was became in the eighties, like jazz used to be pop music in the thirties and forties. It was like, this is what this was. You know, sexy. This is what you wanted to. This is what you played in a movie when you wanted to convey that a character is sexy. You know, when you played right. jazz, and now rock music has kind of gone the way of jazz, um, because it's just not the uh, the power. It's not pop music, basically. Rock used to be pop music, and now it is. Right. Now pop music is pop music, um, and hip hop, and there's other things. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Like, what do you think? Because you mentioned that Josh saw some commercial potential in Primitive State. Yeah. So what exactly, you know, what's your, uh, what's your plan in terms of like how you want to get this out there and and find an audience and, and, and how do you think the current state of the industry will, will play to that?
1: Um, so right now I have a music licensing deal, uh, with DeWolf Music. Um, and that's one thing I'm, I'm really leaning hard on is I want to get our music in as many like television shows and movies as we can. Um, and see if we can get our name out in that way. Uh, when it comes to, uh, the commercial appeal of rock today, um, I think you're right. I think it's not, it's not as popular as it once was. It's not like, you know, Nirvana 1991 or anything like that. I still think, you know, we had bands today still that are huge, that are within rock. Um, they aren't as commercially viable as say like Rihanna or like Drake or something. Um, and I think a lot of the reasons why I say rock isn't as popular today as it was yesteryear is because, um, you know, it takes a lot to record a rock band. It also, you know, and when you think about like music, like with Drake or with anyone like that um, you can create a beat alone in your room and then like have it mixed and mastered and then rap on it. And, it's just a far easier thing to put out there than say like a, a rock single.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've, I've always said that, man. And you know what I noticed the cutoff for like when rock bands really started to to drop off was the recession It was around 2008 because the last really huge rock single that was made by a band was, uh, sex on fire by Kings of Leon. Now you've had other, singles and 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 bands that like you said that have been successful but that was the last time I remember hearing a rock song on a pop station yeah uh, you know where it was just ubiquitous and um and you're right I think that the economy going down had a lot to do with it because all of a sudden teenagers couldn't afford drums or guitars it was way easier to just buy a laptop and some software yeah and make it happen on your own um yeah. so uh th- 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 so you guys do you like practice like as a as a unit you and Josh and the other guys or if you are you planning on playing out at all or is this just a studio project
1: uh as of right this moment it's a studio project and like we don't even have official bandmates really outside of me and Josh uh right now we have like friends who are just like very talented and like so, you know those people will come in if we need to do a show or something like that but um as of right now it's just kind of like a means of getting music out there online and hoping something happens with it.
0: Yeah. You said you had a licensing deal. So that's, yeah.
1: that seems to be the way to do it nowadays is to get I your music so. out there just yeah. on
0: TV or video games or whatever.
1: Yeah. And you um, know what? Here's, here's kind of a tip for anyone listening who like wants to get something like that or like get attention of anyone for anything. Um, there's a website called RocketReach.io, and you can literally look up the emails and telephone numbers of like anyone. So, what I did was, I just typed in music licensing agency and I just emailed like a thousand people. And then, like, a few people would come back to me. And uh, the one that was like, you don't have to pay us was DeWolf. <laughs> and that,
0: so that, that worked out good then. That was another yeah. thing where
1: you're like, oh, great. I, I don't have to pay. So, yeah. Awesome. And I was like,
0: that's oh, the deal no. I would take too.
1: Yeah. And I was like, you guys are on everything, like, they're on Better Call Saul. They're on like all of these shows, and I was like, "Okay, this seems like a good deal, so
0: how long have you had that then? and like have you had has there been anything that's come up with the wolf? Mm-hmm. Any Not opportunities
1: just yet, but we've been with them uh since January, and then and it was it was really shitty because like uh mid like a little bit before mid-march they were like oh we're we've been sending your music out to all these studios, and I was like, yes, that's great." And then um, the coronavirus hit, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've been slowing down like a ton. I was like, oh, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, this, I was, that's actually one of my questions is, is how do you, I guess this is, you know, it's for you, it's, kind of, it's a little different because you guys don't play out or you haven't played out yet. But how do you think that this is going to affect? I mean, will, this, will this, there be another drop after this, just like the recession? Where it's like more, more and more people just can't afford to be musicians because no, you can't even go out and play a show anymore.
1: Yeah, I think um, anyone who's in performing arts, like comedians or musicians, anything like that, I think it's going to be a problem for a while. Because um, like I, it's one of those things where people aren't going to be want to be like around each other in close proximity, uh, and so if anyone does happen to go to a show, and they're probably not going to go out in droves for like at least a few months. Um, they're gonna be weary about it, and like everyone's gonna have maybe potentially have masks on. It's gonna be weird.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Like I didn't. I, I love going to concerts. I try to go to concerts as, as much as I can or I yeah. did. And um, I was just thinking because it's like, oh, are they gonna have people in the in the mosh pit like six feet apart with like they're gonna <laughs> mark the floor and you can yeah. only stand on this spot and don't and even if because the other thing is like people are still going to be nervous even after they, even after however they solve this, whether it's herd immunity or vaccine or combination. Yeah. Um, it's people are still going to be leery of going out and, and being around other people. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I just, and I think personally, I think it's going to last until 2022. I think that'll be when we finally look around and say, Hey, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going out now and I'm not thinking about, Oh God, is this guy going to cough on me? right and and i'm going to get the fucking plague um yeah. so you know i i i'd like to be hopeful and i'd like to think that i think it will eventually bounce back but i i just think this is another huge setback for people our age not just in in music but for the entire freaking for our the entire economy and for our entire lives i mean we took that hit when we i was graduating from college when the great recession hit and now this You know, I I mean, it always comes back because people, people got to live and businesses got to run. Yeah. But, uh, this is one hell of a hit. You know, this is something, this is a historical moment. It's
1: like everyone suddenly got PTSD. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit.
0: It's, and it's, it's weird because it's the sort of thing like, like I spend, I'm a, I'm an introvert, so I don't really go out that much, you know, unless I have a reason. And, uh, and so my life hasn't been much different except I can't go to concerts, I can't go to the movies, you know. Right. And uh and so it just makes me wonder like I I really don't know how 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 people are going to react because like you said the PTSD you don't really realize that anything's wrong until you go out somewhere. You go to the drive-thru and the guy's got a mask on and gloves. Oh yeah. Or or you go to the grocery store.
1: I was no. at I was at the store um a couple maybe a few weeks ago and I had a mask on, gloves and everything, and I got like saliva caught in my throat and I coughed. <laughs> and it was like I became enemy number one in,
0: in the grocery. Yeah, store. yeah. Everybody just starts avoiding you. I, I've I've heard numerous stories that are the exact same thing. When you're out you're like, I don't I'm not sick, but I don't yeah. wanna please don't let me cough or sneeze or anything because People will, at the very least, like give you dirty looks, or they'll it just sort like, of
1: avoid you. It felt like I was moments away. Have you ever, like? It's there's a scene in this like old movie called Invasion of the Body Snatchers where like this guy points and just goes like screams, like pointing at someone who's not about, like who hasn't been body snatched.
0: Uh-huh. That's what
1: felt. It was, <laughs> was pointing at me. starts screaming at the top of their lungs, and I'm going to be like, "Oh shit!" And I'm at to run out of the store.
0: Yeah. So like in slow motion, no,
1: as <laughs> <laughs> you're running. Uh,
0: so um, so yeah, uh, I guess tell me what you got coming up in the future here, but I mean, you got this new single out, you got uh, you got this new album. Like, what's the trajectory here for Primitive State in the in the next couple months?
1: Oh, um, so what sucks is that we were halfway done with David Bowtie recording it, and we were like probably going to release it this summer. Now probably not so much. Uh but what I am doing, I'm cr- I've I basically created a home studio for myself in my room and I got like a really nice mic coming. So what I'm doing is uh I'm going to release like 6 EPs uh between now and like the end of August. Um and I got like drums done already for the first EP. The first EP is called quarantini Ah, nice. Yeah, <laughs> and uh so um, we're going to be busy, and I, I still haven't decided if I'm going to put it under the Primitive State name or if it's going to be under my name. Uh, I guess it just kind of depends on if the music sounds like Primitive State or not.
0: So it's just going to be you and a guitar.
1: Me, guitar. Uh, I'm also going to have drums and some synth and uh, bass, and it's going to be actually a pretty full album. Uh, I'm hoping, but some of the songs are going to be pretty uh, straightforward, probably just drums and acoustic, sometimes just acoustic.
0: Okay. Sweet. Well, we'll have to look for that. Um, uh, what about your day job, man? What do you do for a day job?
1: Oh, um, well right now I'm jobless, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, before I was doing like customer service representative stuff for, um, uh, health insurance.
0: Oh, okay. But you said you got cast as Nightwing in a, in a animated series or something. So you do voiceover then too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I haven't done it in uh in a minute, but um yeah, I, I did used to do voiceover quite a bit.
0: Could could you talk about that a little bit? That's pretty cool voicing Nightwing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really excited about that. I got so excited about that. I forgot that what they're called, but whatever those like sticks that Nightwing has, I I told like the casting director, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna be prepared for this. I'm gonna like learn how to use those things. And she was like <laughs> voicing an animated character. I was like, Yeah, but I'm gonna get in the head of Nightwing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You could be doing it while you're recording, and like your your breath will match what he's doing, and yeah. it'll be all that more authentic. Yeah. Um. So so you don't. But you don't. It sounds like you don't really do that
1: much. Not anymore. as much. It's mostly
0: as much. just music.
1: I have thought about um like starting it up again, considering I just have all this time.
0: Yeah, you might as well. I mean, the, yeah. it. it Thank God for the internet right now, man, if it weren't for the internet, then we'd all really be fucked, you know we wouldn't be having this conversation like you you wouldn't be able to put your music out in any capacity Yeah. Uh, and um it would we'd really be in trouble, so thank God for the internet but yeah, um,
1: yeah, absolutely
0: but uh but yeah, so uh, yeah man this this is just absolutely crazy and and uh I wanted to so when you guys were recording. Yep. Going back to that subject, you guys, did you record live then? Was it like a live band or was it individual where people would just write their parts and then go um, go about it that way?
1: Occasionally it was live. Sometimes Josh would, because Josh played drums, Josh played bass. Uh, sometimes he would do some guitar parts on it. Um, so sometimes he would have the drums ready and then I would kind of record guitar over that uh sometimes it was me and josh in the recording room laying down drums and guitar and then we'd have andy and dylan uh come in to do uh g- guitar leads and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah that was pretty much uh how that went down and we always had them come in every session because we were like we want to get like one to two songs done every recording session and that's how it played out uh,
0: okay yeah that's that's prolific that's that's a very fast way of going about it
1: is there yeah, any producer so was- like that
0: that you like want to work with. That's, that's not Josh. Like even like pie in the sky type thing.
1: Oh, like a producer I would want to work with. Yeah. Oh, um, Hmm. Whoever, I forgot his name. Oh man, that sucks. But whoever did songs for the death for Queens of the stone age, I would love to work with him.
0: Yeah, I can, I can look him up really quick here. I don't know the name off the top of my head either. Yeah. Uh, But, um, do you uh, so you like Queens of the Stone Age then too?
1: Oh, I'm a huge fan. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're great. You know what my favorite Queens of the Stone Age album is? What's that? Uh, them Crooked Vultures, which I know is <laughs> no, which I know is it's not technically a Queens of the Stone Age, but it's, it's Josh, it. Dave, and it's basically Queens of the Stone Age plus John Paul Jones.
1: Yeah, so you can uh,
0: read that. yeah, it's it that that would be my favorite one. Let me, I got this guy's name here now, Eric Valentine.
1: Oh, Eric Valentine. I was way off. But yeah, yeah, that would be great.
0: Sweet, man. Yeah. One guy, I think you guys, I'd like to hear what he would do with you guys is uh, Steve Albini. Oh yeah. he'd be. Well, a,
1: you know what it would sound like? It would sound like a Josh Medina
0: album. Oh, would like,
1: it? Yeah. Cause the way Steve Albini records is, is very much uh, in a way how Josh does uh, where he, Steve kind of like just gets out of the way of the sound. He's kind of just like, okay, you guys, we're going to put up mics. Go ahead and record.
0: Mhm. And he and it's all analog too. And he said Josh does analog too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Josh does analog. Uh, he does do digital too, but what he does is he'll uh he'll print the songs to tape.
0: Oh, okay. So the actual recording process he still uses pro tools and
1: He does uh sometimes he will do analog, but you you kind of have to pay for that cuz it's so expensive.
0: Yeah, tape is uh is you know, you need tape in order to do analog and that just it makes it really is amazing how the process has changed, because not only does that, you know, sort of uh, change the process in terms of the price and the, and the length of time, but it's yeah. like you can't screw up. There's no, no, oh, we'll just go back and punch that in.
1: No. And in fact, that shitty EP that we did with him, uh, that was to tape. And I did pay for that. And I was like, wow, that was almost regretful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Will it ever see the light of day, or is it just that bad? Where I you're think, like, um,
1: I um, I I can't remember if I still have it on SoundCloud or not. Um, there's like a there's a few songs on there. I wouldn't mind putting on something, but it was one of those things where like, uh, it was me and Frank, guitar and drums, uh, and we had maybe had three practices playing these songs ever, and then we did it, and we weren't as prepared as we should have been. Um, but there are a few songs on there I think that actually were pretty good.
0: There, there are some songs that could uh, that could be turned into something else. They could they could evolve into their next form.
1: Yeah. So to speak. That...
0: What are these songs on the EPs that you're going to be releasing? Are these things that you've already written, or is this stuff that you're? you're
1: doing uh, at on least the the, the the first EP for sure. We have all the drums done up for that one. Um, yeah, the first uh, EP um, we're going to have. Well, tentatively anyway. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs.
0: For each EP, there's seven songs in each EP.
1: Uh, at least the first one. I, I haven't really, yeah, because I'm going to, I'm kind of going to write as I record these things.
0: Wow, man. Yeah. It's, I got to say, because I, I try to be prolific too. I've been doing stuff on SoundCloud for the past year. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing because you think that sometimes the well is dry. You know, you go yeah. in like, like right now, and I'm, I, am I've been trying to come up with something, and it's just the past like two months has just been nothing, which is ironic because you think, with the situation, all this free time, that would be the most <laughs> prolific it could possibly be, but not me. Uh, so, but the, the, it's, it's amazing how like you you plumb the depths of your psyche for some creative, creative juices. And there's always something there, even if you don't like what, what you come up with and yeah. the, the yeah. well, you know, some days the well is, is drier than others, but uh,
1: I'm telling you, to there, know. I I, had, I wrote like, there was like three songs that are going to be on quarantini that I wrote like back to back, and I was like, "Yeah, these work." And then I wrote a fourth song, and I threw it up on Facebook. And I've never had—I never released a song where like I've gotten like legit hate. <laughs> 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 people were like, "This is fucking trash." <laughs> and I was like,
0: "Okay." Well, dude, the thing is, though, is like that's actually better than it just being ignored. Like, hate yeah. is be- is—I'm not saying I'm not one of those any publicity is good publicity sure. people, but. Uh, at least people, it's, it, it, it says something that you, you make something that people hate enough to actually want to say something about it. You know, a lot yeah. of the times if people don't like something or if they're just mad they they just don't even acknowledge it at all. So you accomplish <laughs> I been, something.
1: I had been like posting pretty regularly on these like Facebook groups and like, so people have been listening to them. And I think that the people who are commenting, like we looking for a song I was releasing and they're like, yeah, this one doesn't do it. This one doesn't, <laughs> this one doesn't hit
0: what exactly was wrong with it? What didn't they like?
1: I think I tried. It, it was, I was, I like, uh, it, this was like maybe a couple of weeks ago and I deleted it and like, I deleted the lyrics. I was like, I, I don't even want to look at this thing. Um, and, but I had been through like this, uh, Mac DeMarco phase and I was like, for some reason that kind of seeped in to my songwriting and I think it felt unauthentic. hmm. So it was just one of those things. Um, but I love it. People
0: can smell inauthenticity, you know, from, from a mile away these days if you're exactly. trying too hard or whatever.
1: Yeah. And I didn't even really uh, think about it until I started getting the hate and I listened to it. and I was like, oh, yeah, this is just, this isn't really, this isn't Troy. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's good to be, that's good that you're able to recognize that because I do that same thing where I'm like, and it helps, you know, because if you do it, if you catch it before you put it out, then you don't damage your brand or whatever. Um, but sometimes yeah that's happened before we're not even like songs like i'll just write something i'll put it out in like a daily like hell like tweets you know you put you post a fucking tweet and you're like that was stupid i shouldn't have said that i'm getting getting rid of that um but what's your what's your writing process like like how do you sit down to write a song
1: um typically it's not lyrics for it first typically it's uh sometimes I'll just be like, ah, I really should write a song and I'll just like pick up my guitar and start strumming something. And then I'll hum like a melody line to it. And then um, I'll try my best to remember to record that. And then every once in a while I don't. And then it's, I'm like, Oh, it's catchy enough. I'll remember it. And no, it's gone. It's, it's in the ether somewhere.
0: Uh, well, that's actually a good indicator. Cause I do that sometimes too. It's like, if this is really good and worth remembering, I'll yeah. remember it. And if I don't remember it, it must've not been that good. Yeah that's that's what i tell myself
1: yeah yeah and like so but now i just i keep i I keep a practice of just recording everything if i have an idea coming and typically it's it doesn't even matter if i record it because i'll be writing that song that day anyway and it will just kind of happen but um i do it just in case now because i've had that where i'm like no this is really good uh it's catchy enough to where i'll be okay and then like no it's gone
0: this that that could have been on better call Saul. Fuck. Yeah, Not exactly. Good, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, what what software do you use? I use GarageBand.
1: Uh I've been using Reaper lately.
0: Reaper, what's that like? I've never
1: used that. Uh um it's sort of it's kinda its own thing, but it's also kinda like Pro Tools, I guess. It, it, is it it's it, uh, so go ahead. It's kinda like Pro Tools, I guess.
0: Well, is it free or do you gotta pay for it or
1: you can have a free version of it or you can pay for it. I have a free version of it and I haven't been hindered in anything I wanted to do so far. So I'm just going to stick with that.
0: Sweet, man. Uh, Let me check the time here see how we're doing. It's 745. Yeah, man. Uh, Was there anything else that you wanted to promote or, or uh, or tell, tell us about?
1: Uh, Yeah. Anyone who's listening, if you guys want to check out Primitive States music, um, we are, uh, on Facebook, uh, you can just type in Primitive State and find us. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, oh, actually, my band's on Twitter, uh, Primitive State. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And then oh, we have Have You Seen the Winter, which is our new single from our second album. We're gonna have a second single called Insomnia come out next month, and uh, we're gonna have six EPs coming out throughout throughout this entire summer. So stay tuned.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. Being prolific is the best freaking way to, to get yourself out there. I mean, it's just constant, constant output of content, yeah. you know, and then because you just don't give people a chance to, you know, to forget you. And then what's really great about that is if somebody say like, on the 60p, somebody finds you, and they're like, holy shit, look at all this material that I can, <laughs> that I can get, you know, and then that just make the better. The more you got out there, the
1: better, Wow. Yeah. And like, I have this like really nice mic coming and I, I have the studio set up and like, I just kept thinking about, I'm going to be able to release like a professional sounding song whenever I want now. And that, that's pretty exciting to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, you're still going to use Josh though? You said you'll still use professional. Oh, yeah. When
1: it comes to like primitive state albums. Yeah. Me and Josh are going to work together for sure.
0: What's he doing now? How's he getting through all this?
1: Uh, mostly crying. No, I, um, <laughs> I, am uh, I think he's, um, I don't, I don't honestly don't really know. I think he's just kind of chilling. He's, he's working out. I know that.
0: Uh, but not doing any music or nothing.
1: Yeah. He can't record anyone right now. Um, but he, ha- oh, well, he has been busy like doing drums and stuff for the EPs. So there's that.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, it's good. To, that's the one thing throughout this whole, you know, the past two, two and a half months or whatever it's been now. Uh, is just having some sort of routine. Like, like I write and then I also, like I've been teaching myself the Cyrillic Russian alphabet. Um, oh, right. and like it's like, and you know, obviously exercising and you just kind of go through that way. You just don't find yourself too many times with like in the middle of the day where you're like, I have nothing to do and I don't know what day it is. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I'm worried that this is never going to end. But you know what, man? I actually got to say, cause I hadn't heard this the last time I was on. Yeah. The last show I did was in, was in mid-March. It was right before the studio closed. Um, and we talked, my guest and, and I talked about coronavirus a little bit then. But um, the best take that I've heard on this whole situation, do you know who Bill Burr is, the comedian? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: He had the, the healthiest take, and he, and he said, he disclaimed it with, uh, you know, the people that don't die or go bankrupt from this are, are going to look back in about, you know, two to three years and be like, man, you remember when we got two months off that was great, <laughs> yeah. you know? So yeah. don't waste this. And I thought that is the healthiest possible, like the most positive mindset you could possibly have. Is just like, you should be using this to do the things that you love. Do all the shit that you said you want to do, but you don't have the time to do. So yeah. it sounds like you're taking advantage of that because, I mean, six EPs in the summer, that's that's fucking great, man.
1: I'm definitely shooting for it. Oh, speaking of Bill Burr, have you ever heard his uh, bit? He, he had this on a podcast talking about... Um, john lennon and chuck berry playing together with um yoko, yoko ono. ono
0: yeah yeah i do remember that yeah
1: that's so good <laughs>
0: what what about
1: it what about it You just i just i just love that like where he's just talking about where it's like chuck berry is was like the this inspiration to john lennon like to even pick up a guitar and like they're playing together this is like the moment of john lennon's life Then i know where you hear yoko go like Aah!
0: Yeah. And there's that one shot cause there's video of it and yeah. there's that one shot
1: of Chuck Berry's face. They yeah, it, he's, just he's just like,
0: got this look of rage on his face. Like he <laughs> wants to turn around and just be like, get the fuck out of here. What are you oh. doing? <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good bit. I think that was, you're right. It was just his podcast that he was sort of, he was, he was ranting about that. So you're welcome, Bill Burr. We just gave you some free promotion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, man, we can, uh, we can wrap this up, uh, because we're uh we're at the, about ten minutes to the top of the hour here, um. Okay. So yeah, man, thanks so much for coming on. It's been nice to talk to somebody, uh, do another podcast. I uh, I'll send you a copy of this uh, interview when it gets posted, and awesome. um and yeah. So thanks for coming on, man. We'll yeah. we'll look for those EPs. I bought. I gotta say, I bought Frank uh, Frank Rockstar Zappa. Dude, I saw. so
1: excited.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I think that might be the first purchase I ever like. I've downloaded stuff off of Bandcamp, but I don't think I've ever bought anything off Bandcamp before. Oh, that's and awesome! And I was—I listened to the whole thing a couple of times. I was like, "This is definitely worth ten bucks." So I would encourage everybody else to go out there and, and get it, um, and uh, keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on on Troy Thomas here and uh, his musical endeavors. So, um, but yeah, man, I'll be in touch with you. So thanks again for coming on.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you.